the love of Jesus Christ and the peace of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. Welcome to the United Church of Heinsberg on this, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Proverbs 1 we see in the Christian year and our fall following coming Sunday. As an open and affirming church, we extend our heartfelt welcome to everyone here. You're welcome if your mind is made up or you have your doubts. You're welcome if you are new to all this religious stuff or you're a grizzled veteran. You are welcome regardless of your political party, gender identity, tax bracket, race, color, creed, age, sexual orientation, or favorite football team.
today's song, uh, Psalm 67.
coming Sunday, uh, our choir is back. Um, we are restarting our children's programs uh, today, uh, and, um, and our coffee hour is back as well. The high school and middle school youth programs will begin on the first Sunday in October, too. And we will also be welcoming uh, new staff on here in the coming weeks. Uh, Reverend uh, Sherry Osborne will be joining us uh, in our community uh, to work with um, church programming. So that's um, uh, Sunday school programs, children and youth programs, um, as well as adult faith formation. Uh, so as you see her around town and as you see her uh, here at the church, um, give her a good welcome. Uh, she is way overqualified for this position, <laughs> uh, but don't tell her that. <laughs> also, uh, later today, I'll be uh, heading to the uh, UCC Summit. UCC is United Church of Christ. That's one of our denominations. Uh, this summit is on the emerging church in a post-pandemic world. It is a three-day summit um, where UCC churches from across the country will be gathering and talking about how church can happen um, as we are kind of exiting this most recent stage of the pandemic. Um, I think we'll find that there are many churches kind of in the same boat that we are. We're restarting, but we know that um, we will be doing new things as well. Um, so we're not returning to a pre-pandemic world, church-wise. So I'm looking forward to those conversations and uh, hope to come back with many ideas uh, to share uh, after this week. And now I'll Today's lesson from the Hebrew Bible is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, verse 18, through chapter 9, verse 1. <coughs> I thought it once of this evening. My joy is gone, grief is upon me. My heart is sick. Hark, the cry of my poor people, from far and wide in the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to enter with their images, with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of my poor people, I am hurt, I mourn, and dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no bond in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then, as the health of my poor people not in the sin? Oh, that my head were spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears, so that I might weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. And the contemporary lesson is called uh, oh, Well Grief by David White. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface of the well of grief, turning down to its black water to the place we cannot breathe. We'll never know the source from which we drink, the secret water, cold and clear, nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins, some by those who wish for something else. This is a real downer of the scripture to begin a homecoming Sunday celebration, isn't it? Right? Um, kind of leading with grief while we're all back together. I think about um, whenever I get the chance to go back home. Uh, I grew up in Gambier, Ohio, 
uh, on a dairy farm. Yanger is also known for a college, a Kenyan college. And uh, who here uh, is, is where Heinsberg is not your home? Most, many? Originally. Originally, I did not grow up in Heinsberg. Uh, who's been close to their homes and lot, or to their where they grew up during the last couple of years? It's changed, right? Or has it? I notice um, in Gambier, um, you know, farms that are no longer farms. Um, you know, where I used to go down A or things like that. And um, in Kenyon College, has changed a lot there creepy old field house where I used to practice baseball has been torn down and this new magic one has been built up. And their bookstore. <laughs> used to be dusty and had shelves and shelves of old used books. And now is shiny and you can buy sweatshirts there and really nice bags and all sorts of things that are not old dusty used books. It's changed. And going back is still fun because my family is there and I love them and I have friends there and I love them, but it's different, right? I think whenever we have these types of reunions, whenever we go back home, there is a sense of grief because it's not like it used to be. And uh, that can be unnerving. Uh, Kate mentioned that we needed some more Jeremiah in our lives. Um, and it happens to be that we're in this section of the lectionary where um, the Hebrew scripture reading comes from Jeremiah for the next several weeks. And the gospel readings are downright awful, so we're going to focus on Jeremiah uh, for the next several weeks. And we're going to walk through that story. The story contained in this book. And it's heavy. And it's difficult. And it's so timely. And it provides hope in the end. Today we can look around. Um, and this is the context for why we're going to do Jeremiah. We can look around and see a lot of familiar faces. Uh, faces that we've seen every week for the last, you know, year or so. Some faces well, we haven't seen for a couple of years, but we know them well. I think about, like, when you just settled right in, you know, and how, like, the boys were sitting up there like they used to two years ago. It's like that muscle memory is still there for so many people. We can also look around and see people that have we've lost touch with or that have moved on or moved away. Those that have passed away in the last few years. Um, and while we have many kids that were back, and that's awesome, how much did we miss? I mean, at least a foot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not the same. Likewise, we might hope to return to our pre-pandemic 2020, um, because that was pretty special. Um, but just like returning home after years and years away, we're going back to something different. 
Jeremiah, the book itself, covers a period of time in, uh, in Israel and Judah's history marked by a lot of change. The northern kingdom uh, that was uh, closely united with Judah uh, had been captured and many of the people had been carried off. And, um, and there are concerns that um, Babylon, which is growing stronger in the area, will come and attack Judah soon. Judah is situated between three major powers, Assyria to the north, Babylon to the east, and Egypt to the west at this time. And Assyria in the north is losing power, which gave Judah more and more influence over its own policies. Political and religious reform has taken place, um, but that time has waned. And the people in Judah are feeling the pressure from Babylon. Jeremiah, the prophet of our book, uh, writes and speaks rather harshly about um, the sins of the people and what is to come if those sins are not corrected. And this language can feel very foreign to us. It was written 1,400 years ago, and it describes a theology where like, people are victims of violence are blamed for the violence, um, which doesn't work. We can think about this language, though, in a very practical, contemporary way whenever we talk about climate change. We can feel some resonance there. It is a system that we all participate in that's causing a catastrophic issue. There are some people that are to blame, that many of us are responsible. And it's a system where we are creating um, global warming that is really hard to get out of, especially quickly. So we can think of that language perhaps in those terms. Today's lesson takes place in the middle of this long poetic poem that pronounces judgment on a nation for their lack of justice uh, and for their lack of fidelity to God. Our verses serve as a break from those words uh, and actually give the writer of our book um, the moniker the weeping prophet. Here we see that the prophet cares for his people, his poor people, as it's put. God is, and he doesn't blame Folks, doesn't blame them, doesn't call them evil or call them sinners, doesn't other them or objectify them. He grieves because the people who are suffering are people who lost. Uh, the theologian Dwight uh, Lundgren writes, being prophetic is a matter of speaking truth to power. We've heard that phrase before. But it is much more than that. It's also a matter of speaking truth to suffering, to weakness, to laziness, and to a failure to take responsibility. Ultimately, being prophetic is about love. I'm excited about this upcoming summit um, because I want to steal as many ideas as possible. <laughs> churches that are working hard to imagine what's next, not just how can we get back to what happened before. 
And I think that there are so many churches that are in this transition time, this liminal time like we are, where we are looking to reopen. We are hopeful but opti- and optimistic, but honest that the pandemic is not entirely gone. Um, and that it's been a long time apart. Um, so we will do our best. Also mindful that at this summit, there will be hundreds of churches coming from many different situations. Some churches closed during this pandemic and they're looking to reopen, not just reopen a program, um, but to reopen and to begin again. Some churches are in states that have curtailed reproductive rights and freedoms, or banned books, or sent migrant workers up north. Think about um, what if churches from Ukraine or Congo or Syria or Somalia were to attend this summit. How do you reopen a church after a pandemic during the war? These are all issues that churches deal with in their specific locations. Likewise, we might ask ourselves, how would we be a community of faith in in a state that has a really difficult time finding affordable housing? How do we think about um, food insecurity issues, knowing that we put forth a lot of resources toward food security in this state, and kids and vulnerable adults still go hungry? How might we best serve our local community right here? One thing that is remarkable about Jeremiah is that it's clear he loves his people. And that doesn't take away from all of the nasty stuff that he says. The book can get pretty awful. He loves his people. And so he weeps when he sees what's coming. He mourns because he truly cares. And so the history for this book is that where we are today in our lesson, um, tensions are high. Later on, there will be a war, and people will be carried off. And then at the end, here in four or five weeks, people return. Whatever comes as we reopen, as we recollect, as we reunion, as our expectations are met or go unmet, as we prosper or as we struggle, as we search for direction and identity and purpose, that we do all of this out of love, by the grace of God. Amen.
ask that you join me in our prayer confession. Especially if you forgive us. Holy God, author of our lives, we open our hearts to you this day to speak truth. Fear disciples us, prejudice blinds us, greed hobbles us, doubt plagues us. Help us, we pray that we will find courage in unlikely places, see the world with new and gracious eyes, move to those places where love is needed, have faith that you are with us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear these words of blessing and assurance. May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquilities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future. Praise to God. Join me in the prayers of the people. We pray for the earth. Help us to see the stars that mark your good creation. Commit us to sustainable living. Call us to treat all your hands have touched with reverence and dignity. Pour out your blessing, O Lord. And send us your spirit of peace. We pray for all nations. Remind us of our common humanity. Forgive us our saber-rattling. Cast out tyrants that harm your people and poison your land. Pour out your blessing, O Lord. Send us your spirit in peace. We pray for our community. You give us a vision to be a caring community, turning our attention to our neighbors, caring especially for the young and the old and all who are vulnerable. For out your blessing, O Lord. Send us your spirit in peace. We pray for the church. Provide us wisdom, courage, and accountability. Help us to grow closer to you and work together for the common good. For out your blessing, O Lord. We pray for our loved ones. We invite your intercessions at this time. Be near to those places and people that need your comfort and presence. And pour out your blessing, O Lord. By the blessing of your spirit, help us to live as we pray, so that the world may come to know the gift of life in Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray as our Savior talks, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. During this time of offering, we are reminded that each of us is essential to the life and well-being of the whole body of Christ. So we come now to share our gifts and resources in order to care for one another, to care for our neighbors, and to care for God's creation. Offering baskets are placed at the back of the church by the doors. So if you brought an offering with you this morning, 
may place it in one of those baskets as you leave the building today. Now let us stand and sing a song of praise for what we have already received.
So I was really hesitant to go in, not because I had my kids with me, um, and I couldn't look around like I wanted to, but because I was worried it's going to change. And so I went in anyway, and it looked very similar, and there was the leather chair with the wall of philosophy books, the wall of theology books, the books there. Probably the same ones. <laughs> Nobody reads philosophy or theology. And it was wonderful. We're changed. We have been changed by all of this. Um, but there are some things here that are still very comfortable in motion. Life is short. We do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. Be quick to love and do good to our neighbor. Well, I've got to journey with you all of your days. Good night, peace.